Hello, my name is Ed Kozell, and welcome to Conversations with Calistoga, a periodic series of conversations with interesting, topical, or just colorful characters in town. Today's podcast is one of a series discussing the Palisades housing development, an area of 44 single-family homes located on the north side of Calistoga at the foot of the Palisades, developed in the early 1990s by Paul Coates, a resident general contractor. The topics of affordable housing and the special character of Calistoga are immutably interconnected. Virtually everyone that lives in Calistoga enjoys the town and demands recognition of that special character. However, as a small town located in a very beautiful area close to the San Francisco Bay Area, demand outstrips supply in every way, from apartments to single-family homes to luxury estates. In a town known for a strong focus on affordable housing, the Palisades development stands tall. Instead of the usual 10% requirement for affordable homes, the developer sold 50% of the homes at affordable rates. How this was accomplished was the topic of the conversation with Paul and Kate Coates in the first of this series. Today's conversation is with Kevin Eisenberg, who together with his wife, Mary Hastings, purchased one of the first homes in that development. Coming to Calistoga to teach, both later became Calistoga school administrators, Rotary Club presidents, and have taught several generations of children in town. Kevin talks today of their early days in Calistoga and why they still love Calistoga and their house in the Palisades almost 30 years on. Hi, this is Ed Kozell, and I'm here today with Kevin Eisenberg. Kevin and his wife, Mary, were one of the very first people to purchase a home in the Palisades subdivision. Kevin, good afternoon. We are uh, doing this interview remotely, socially distant. Welcome. Well, thank you. I'm going to just be open from the beginning. It's been great living here. Why don't you tell me a bit about uh, how you and Mary uh, came to Calistoga, when you did, how you found the town and chose to live here, and then then get into the Palisades and, and your your time in the, in the uh, new development there. Okay. I was working as a principal, the acting principal of a very large school in Los Angeles, Norwood Street School, uh, 22nd Street, for those of you who know Los Angeles, essentially near near University of Southern California. It was a poverty-stricken school, uh, about 1,600 students, and but that was not the reason I left. I actually really liked the school and I liked the kids and the teachers there. What we decided that we wanted to rear our own children in a smaller town, someplace where we felt closer to the people around us, uh, a place that, that felt comfortable, going for the smaller town life. So I began applying for principalships. I was an elementary principal at the time, by the way. I was applying for elementary principalships um, in a few areas, the wine country, the foothills, and um, also in a few places, in random spots in Northern California. And Calistoga looked like a wonderful place. I came up, I interviewed, it was a successful interview. I went back for a second interview. At that time, I also brought a movie camera 
and was just wandering through neighborhoods, taking a, taking a movie. Actually, some of the time was holding the camera outside my car because Mary, my wife, had never been to Calistoga. And then when the position was offered, she took an incredible chance. And just based on my description and the film, we decided to accept the offer. Uh, so how large was the school at that time? High 400s. And during the time that I was principal of the elementary school, it started climbing into the high 500s. This was during the growth period of Calistoga. And then somewhat after, due to the in incredible high cost of housing, enrollment has, has gone down. And I'm pretty sure it's back into the mid 400s or low 400s. When you came up here, did you, uh, you know, choose to select your home at that time, or did you bring Mary up here and the two of you go around shopping? We, one of the things I did actually was part of my video was going around finding a rental. I mean, we did not bought, we did not move into um, a purchased house right off. That would have been that would have been too great a leap of faith. Uh, on top of the fact that this house didn't exist at that time. So we moved um, onto South Oak Street, and it's a, it's a house that several Calistogans have lived in over the years. And it, it was nice. We moved in. We figured we'd need some time to decide, are we going to stay? Are we going, where would we like to live? And almost as soon as we moved here, we, we started looking at possible places to live. We looked at Riverly, we looked at houses um, on Mora, we looked at houses on Grant Street. Uh, the other development that was going in at the time, on Centennial Circle, and we looked mostly <laughs> on the basis of plans um, at the house we're living in now. We knew that it was going to be similar uh, to the Cyrus Creek homes. Uh, same architectural firm designed it. This, these would just be updated and, uh, well, without offending any Cyrus Creek people, we think a little bit nicer. We saw that it was also going to be um, a mixture of subsidized and non-subsidized housing. At the time, we were both working. We didn't qualify for the subsidized housing, uh, but I had a feeling it would be a nice integrated multicultural neighborhood, which was one of the things that I was, I was hoping for, having most of the time lived my life in diverse neighborhoods. And so we wound up picking a plot of land and the house that was set to be built there and, and came you, to visit. You, were some of, you and Mary were some of the first to move into the, uh, the Palisade subdivision. I you? would say we were in the first, well, six or seven of us all moved in at the same time. Mm -hmm. We were right at the beginning. And uh, we did come to visit our house as it was being built. I don't know how Paul, Paul Coates felt about it, but... You know, looking around, hmm, they put that nail in pretty, 
pretty good. I guess that's all right. It was quite a close group in that that first the first wave. We had we visited each other. We had parties. Um, now, I also did the, you live ahead. on a on a. I'm sorry, to interrupt you. You live on a cul-de-sac. How how quickly did it fill up? It feels this is hard to remember, but it sure feels like it was quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, by the second year, it my memory is almost every house was full. And did the the entire subdivision sell? Yes. relatively quickly. Yes, it it did. It. It's really an attractive place to live. I mean, it's, it's a subdivision. And when we first moved in, every house looked the same. But it's developed diversity over time in terms and, of decoration, paint job, landscaping. And it doesn't feel all the same anymore. And of the people that moved into your cul-de-sac with you, how many of them are still there today? It's about 50%, three out of six mm-hmm. are still here. And did most of them have families at that back then? At the- this was actually an incredible piece of fortune. Most of them did have families, and it just seemed most of them had families in my children's age group. Uh, it was a great place for the kids to grow up. My son especially. He was on the street in the cul-de-sac playing with kids all the time. Uh, There were constant basketball games, football games, baseball practice. And as far as I remember, not one window was ever broken. Though balls sure hit, balls hit a lot of cars, but I don't think there was ever a, a huge problem with it. So when you, you know, so you've been here or in that subdivision going on 30 years now. And when you look at how it's evolved, can you comment on how it's evolved over time? Well, first of all, the best thing is everybody's done landscaping and everything looks nice. Um, New people have come in. Uh, It still maintains its diversity. Some of the things that happened, it, it, it went in cycles. The kids that were here when we moved in, the kids in my children's age group, they got older. They're gone. And for a while, it seemed like there were, there were no children in the, in the development anymore. And then the second wave, and this is people who have mostly moved in subsequently, and it seems now the neighborhood is full of kids again. Um, though in my immediate cul-de-sac, I don't quite see the aggressive sports that I, that I did when my kids were playing. Do, do you have a sense that uh, any of the homes are second homes or are they all owner-occupied? I know you probably don't know the exact answer, but in my your- in my neck of the development, they're all owner owner occupied. Mm-hmm. A few have gone through three or four owners as people move in, move out, but new people have moved in, new families have moved in. Paul Coates was actually my next door neighbor for a while. Ah, very nice to live next door to the builder. 
I know in case there was an issue, he did have to fix one window. Um, but that was pretty much all that was ever needed. And he came in and did it himself. I thought that was very nice. Um, the house has held up quite well. And now Palisades is, is, is well known for having had, I think, almost half the homes were, were subsidized. Um, is that, you know, when you again look back from the perspective of today, was that good? Did it work? Was it successful? I would say this is the most successful mixed subsidized housing in Calistoga. Uh, incredible pride of ownership by everybody. Uh, the people have really worked hard to keep their houses nice. It's a very friendly neighborhood. One of my good friends lives in the neighborhood. I see, still see he's, he was one of the, the first people to move in, Cedro Guzman, uh, who's probably helped me accomplish so many things in my house because he's capable of doing everything. Uh, we're just, it's, it's a say hi when you go by kind of neighborhood. So it's, it's turned out pretty well. There's some new people that we're not, we're not friendly with. We don't see just, you can't be friendly with everybody. There's just a finite amount of time in the world, but everybody says hi. Uh, did you ever have block parties? We did early on. Um, I think it got too big. Actually, it, maybe there was a lack of organization. I am not a good block party organizer. Another way of putting that is, no, I never did the organization. I would come. Uh, but I think it was just a lack of uh, good block party organizing. People would have come, continued to come. But it, it takes people who are willing to do the work, who are willing to make it happen. And uh, maybe we're all nice people, but a little bit lazy at times. The subdivision has a, a reputation, enjoys a reputation for multiculturalism. Tell us about that. Everybody, everybody's neighbors. Um, but you hear different languages and, well, actually you hear two languages. No, I take that back. Um, early on, there, there, there were a couple more. Uh, I recall one of our, one of our original neighbors, uh, they were Syrian, and uh, they had two really nice daughters who wound up babysitting my children. They were a little bit older. And then, of course, the majority of the non-English speak, or the majority of the bilingual people also speak um, Spanish. And then we have an uh, Italian family. We have... Um, Actually, I don't check out the ethnicity of everybody there. The Syrians were, were from Syria, um, and, but most everybody else was either born in the United States or, or born in Mexico. And some of the nice things, especially for my children, were, one, the ability to see people as people, um, they're playing with other kids. It's much like our school system. You play with other people, you, you're going to school with them, you realize people are 
first peoples, second, they, they have an ethnicity, third, um, then there's the, actually put second, who they are as people. And then when you get to ethnicity and language, you're getting further down on the list. Uh, my kids both became pretty, pretty much able to speak in Spanish and understand Spanish. Though the kids, as is typical, you're here for a very short period of time and the kids start speaking at least the basic, basic English. So English was the, was absolutely, no matter who anybody was, English was the um, lingua franca, the neighborhood. Do you know if, if any of the first generation children have come back in as, as homeowners into the subdivision? Not as homeowners, as far as I know, but there are still some, some people whose, whose children have returned just because of economics. Okay. My son lived with us for a year between uh, one of his job, well, actually it wasn't a full year, it was probably about half a year between, between a job adventure when he was uh, in his early 20s. But then we all realized he's, <laughs> we're all happier that he's out on his own. When you look back on your, on your time uh, there, I mean, you've obviously chosen to stay there. You, you've had a choice. Um, you know, what has kept you and Mary in that particular subdivision, uh, you know, beyond the obvious economics? You, you, what do you enjoy about it? Well, one reason that I don't ever want to move, I hate moving. I can't even imagine packing up all the junk in this house. That would be an intimidating task. But as far as the where we live, I've got my little vineyard on my side yard. Uh, the people in the neighborhood all keep up their houses uh, really, really nicely. Are, are there other vineyards in the subdivision, Kevin? This is the Napa Valley, of course. Um, a few people have put in some vines. Now you make your own wine, I think, yes? It's, it's a perk of where we live. Um, this happened really early on in my time in Calistoga. The husband of one of the teachers who worked at the school happened to be a vineyard manager. Um, for several vineyards. And we were also bicycling buddies. We used to go biking, mountain biking and road biking. Um, and I started asking him about how you put in a vineyard pretty soon. We were doing it together. He found the right grapes for me. It went in. This couldn't have been more than two years after we moved in, we started growing grapes. And uh, Ever since then, it's been sort of a, a, a minor hobby. The vineyard's small enough where it's, it's not a huge imposition. I have 47 vines. It's clone six Merlot, a clone that was developed at uh, UC Davis. Eventually, I will be good at it. I figure another, another 30 years and I'll have it down. When you look at the Palisades, do you think it represents a model that the town should consider uh, for, for future um, housing developments. And is there anything in particular that you would 
improve upon it in recommendations to the council? Well, first, one of the great advantages of the way it was done here is everybody has ownership, everybody has pride of ownership. And I think that makes it a better community. Uh, and of course, when this, these were built, housing prices were much, much lower. But if, and I, I can't imagine making housing that's affordable on this particular model because our houses are worth too much. But if maybe a little bit denser, but maintaining pride of ownership uh, with subsidies, I think would be a, a great way to go, to go forward in Calistoga. And I understand the concerns of people who want to, who are in homes now and want to preserve the, private home, the, the feeling of, of a rural community. Uh, but I think we can, if we take the route of ownership, higher density necessarily because, because of costs and subsidies to the people who are working in Calistoga, who are already making Calistoga, the community it is, I think that would be a wonderful way to go. So yes, it's a good model in today's world of land and housing costs. I think as a second development on this model would definitely have to be higher density. Kevin Eisenberg, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. Um, I wish you well, and uh, having seen uh, your garage, I, uh, I second your comment about having uh, great difficulties in considering moving. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I should take that as a compliment. <laughs> Thank you very much and enjoy the rain. <laughs>